Hello and welcome to Season 2 of Cows Not Cow. How to make your networking really work. And this time, the herd is herd. I'm John Mellis. Joining me as always, our networking aficionado, king of the coffee stations at in-person events and oracle of the occasional online version, it's Andrew Smith. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Good to see you. And you. Now, we mentioned this before, but if the first season was theory, this time out, it's the practical. All our guests are varying stages of their own networking journey. Uh, we've met a bunch already this season. In fact, I've now decided last week was the cutoff point. There's not officially too many to list. <laughs> but, but in a moment, uh, Mark Hay from Henderson Loggy joins that list. Before we do that, and I think you're savvy to this now, let me ask, can you remember where your networking path first crossed with Mark's? I can't specifically know. Despite oh, really? trying, I, but it was networking circles. I think that Mark and I met at events of different organisations. I think... BNI was in there, and BNS was also in there, possibly even Chamber Events too was when, when we yeah. first met. Uh, and then it's been more recently uh, that Mark's been involved as a, as a regular uh, with one of our networking services. So I think it's a mixture, and I'm not going to embarrass myself when Mark answers very specifically. <laughs> Mark, do you remember? Hey, no, I think Andrew's right enough. It was a, a mix of various events. BNS was probably the first one. Maybe I, I was maybe sat next to Andrew at a, a lunch for that. So, yeah, that probably was the first thing. Well, officially, welcome to, to our show. Before we, we get on to your past and how you started your, your networking journey, tell us about Henderson Loggy. Henderson Loggy is an accountancy firm. We're chartered accountants and we cover all of Scotland. Offices in Aberdeen, Dundee, Edinburgh and Glasgow. And I've worked in three out of the four. <laughs> and uh, this is where I think researching for a show sort of crosses over into creepy territory. But I noted from the profile on your website, um, you joined the company straight after qualifying as a CA. So does that mean in terms of networking, you've only ever represented the one company? Yeah, I suppose in, in terms of networking, yeah, that's probably right enough. I've been there since 2006. And I, I didn't really do much networking when I was a trainee at my previous firm. Uh, there was a few ICAS events where you were encouraged to go. But yeah, most most of my actual proper business networking has all been in Henderson Loggy. When you started out with that uh, with the networking with Henderson Loggy, how did how did you feel? Did you find your, your first event or your first few events daunting, nerve wracking? I, th- I think daunting would be putting it mildly, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, when you set out in a career in accountancy, you, you do realise that you, you're going to be sitting behind a desk, so you're you're not really expecting to be out in front of people let alone having to strike up conversations and things. And, and back when I was newly qualified, I was still at that point where you were nervous talking to clients, let alone people that you didn't know. You know you'd, you'd, you'd talk yourself into, should, should I pick up the phone? Do I have to go to a different room and use the phone to, to, to phone the clients so other people in the room don't hear me? You know, things like that. So networking was a, a daunting prospect, especially walking into a room full of people that I, I didn't know because I'd been away. A lot of my, my recent networking stuff's all been up in Aberdeen. And I'd been away for quite a number of years from Aberdeen and came back and didn't really know anyone in the business circle. Now, in this instance, um, you're not a company owner, but you are a director. So I'm wondering how that sort of plays into the responsibility you attach to networking. You're not just out there as an employee. Does it carry more of a weight of responsibility for your networking where you feel sort of personally invested? I think I do now. Uh, I sort of just like the the networking um, works the same. I had to grow into it, to be honest. So the first few networking events I was at, I was maybe assistant manager or manager at that point. I was tagging along with someone else. Um, I was just sort of like getting my feet wet with the, the, the networking. Whereas now, 
yeah, there's more of a personal investment because if I go out and I, I build relationships and I, and I win a piece of work, it, it's me that's, that's overseeing that work from start to finish. So yeah, there is, there's a lot of personal investment in it. Now. And when you say you sort of tagged along with someone, were they seen as the, the, the sort of senior networker, if you like, in, in that event? Yes, yes. So we, we had, um, when I came up to the Aberdeen office, they had two partners, three partners, sorry, um, and, and the partners would be the ones that would go out and they would regularly be at networking events. And it was only, you know, if, if someone couldn't make it or things, you would step in and, and help out. We had a guest recently who said when he went to networking events first, he used to speak to other people in his industry, not because he liked them as such, but he knew if they were speaking to him, they weren't chatting to potential clients and winning any business. I wouldn't ask if you do the same thing, but is there anything that you actively do uh, to make yourself more memorable at networking environments, the easier to recall for the people you've met? I don't tend to focus too much on on anything technical, really. I just try and get to to, to know people. I understand what he, what he meant about if you're talking to someone in the same industry, then they're not talking to your potential clients. But I think at the very outset of my networking journey, you you kind of thought, I'll go, I'll speak to people, and hopefully they'll like me and we'll get some work out of it. But it's it's over time you realise that nothing's instant. You know, you've got to go build relationships. So in terms of being memorable, I just, I just try and make sure that whoever I speak to, we, you know, we get on okay. And then I follow up afterwards, you know, just a, maybe a quick email to say, it was great to meet you. Let's arrange something else, like for maybe a couple of weeks time or something. Because you don't, you don't really get a chance at a networking event to get to know someone. It's just a, a foot in the door, an introduction. We talked about when we, when we first met in different uh, networking event formats, you know, someone that could be more highly structured like BNI. Um, but then there are other events that are very lightly structured. You know, it's people just you know simply coming into into a room, and there isn't that much of a, of a format there. Do you have a preferred type of networking event? Yeah, I mean, definitely at the start, I preferred a structured event because it was daunting enough. You know, without just having to walk in and try and strike up a conversation with groups of people, especially if there was enclosed groups or anything. You know, hovering about the edge, trying to think, you know, do I just butt in? Do I not? The structured ones were better because, for example, the BNS one that we would have probably met at, that's, that's a lunch where you go and then as you're eating your lunch, they're sort of working the way around the table. So you know when you're going to be speaking, you've got a minute or so to tell people who you are and what you do. And then you can go back to eating again and just listening to everyone else. Um, I like the, the structure of that. I didn't like it when the person next to you was actually speaking because then you were sort of like, right, I need to time this so I've not got something in my mouth. When, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I like the structure of that. And then when I was doing more regular networking through BNI, the structure of that was also good because, again, you knew you would have a minute to say your piece. Um, it was all very structured, who you are, what you're looking for, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that definitely helped confidence-wise because you then got into a routine of trying to get that elevator pitch out if you like that, that 60 second part of it that's that's key but since then since since i've sort of left the, the, the bni side of things and, and went to more you know alternative networking events uh, i have been to some where it's just an open room of people uh, there's literally a coffee station that everyone's kind of hoarded around and it's just a free-for-all and i don't mind it now i don't mind it now at all it's just it's more natural how have you benefited from your networking so far not just the, the business benefits but some of the, the personal skills you've developed, like confidence. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think um, the, the business side is nice, obviously. It's, it's great if you, you strike up a relationship at a, an event and that, you know, progresses into an actual business working relationship later on. That's great. Uh, and there have been some successes with that. But I think for me personally, it's the, 
the personal development's been fantastic because I mean I, I don't think I would have stood up in front of a room of people and been able to to, to speak to them um, unless it was obviously your best man at your brother's wedding kind of idea um, and, and those people are a captive audience at a wedding they can't go anywhere so uh, <laughs> at a networking event it's it, it was really daunting and it's, it's boosted my confidence quite a lot being able to do that um, there are still times when you sit outside an event and think right uh, you know am I am I ready for going in and doing this there's a bit of nerves um but then i think a, a little bit of nerves helps focus focus the mind a little bit in the event so yeah it's, it's really helped with the confidence and is it something that you've the way you've developed your networking skills and your confidence is it something that you've worked at you know for example after an event you ever sort of you how it gone how you done are you proactively trying to change anything over the years yeah, I think it's a, it's a huge learning curve. It still is, to be honest. Uh, you can take something from every event you've been to. The first few I went to, because I was just tagging along, I wasn't really didn't really know what to expect. Then you start to progress to things like looking up the delegates list to see who's going to be there. Then identifying that would be a good priority to to try and speak to. You know, you're not going to see everyone in the room, so you might as well try and work out who you can see. Then being being in a numbers industry, I do sometimes, if, if you see a delegates list and, and there's a, a limited company name on there, then you can be nosy. You can go on a company's house and find out who their accountant is and, and whether or not you, you think you stood a chance of maybe sneaking that client. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's things as well that you learn at the start, you know, follow up. I think the very first few events I went to, you came away with all the business cards and then you got back and thought, oh, I'm going to have to send emails to all these people, whereas now business cards are not as common and you do probably maybe don't get around as much people in an event, but the follow-up is, is key, really, because if you don't follow up, then there is no relationship to build. Here's a question where uh, I've already got what I think you're going to say at the back of my mind. Let's see how it plays out. I suppose one of the things possibly attached with your profession or your industry is that it's quite stuffy, that it's no fun. Everybody's very serious. And I say that uh, as a man who is married to an accountant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> judging by, by your own company website, I'd say it's probably something the company's aware of and is addressed through the site and its language and its visuals. It's, it's, it's actually quite um, colourful. I wonder if it's something you take into your networking in person or in line. And if so, do you have any examples that you'd offer up for that? I think you're right in a, in a way that through the website and the social media and things, the, the firm's obviously actively trying to get away from that stuffy side of things. I've tried to never really be down that line. I try and avoid technical jargon wherever possible. I like to find out about people's businesses and what they do and get an idea of how things work for them. And that way I can talk to them you know at a level that, that they understand in terms of the account stuff i think that's that's pretty much my my aim is to, to not mm. sort of come across as your your traditional accountant i suppose because i would have said andrew and i hope that you're along similar lines with me here and i hope i've got the right person at least but on abn on on the online site um what's mark famous for the friday fun music post you know there you go. <laughs> won an award for it last year there you go and let me think who the favorite is so far this year yeah uh, and, and it's it's the simplest thing for anyone that doesn't know. It, it is literally that it's you come on on a Friday and you offer up a song, and before lunchtime, there's about another fifty replies saying, uh, "Here's my Friday song. Here's my Friday song," and it just takes off every week, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think um, with the social media side of things, I'm I'm probably not the best at posting <laughs> a lot of things on LinkedIn. You know, like Worker Fantastic, we've got a marketing team in there as well, and they'll come up with some some great articles or. 
you know, things that we can put on LinkedIn and ABN. And I will try and post them up and like and share them and things like that. But when it came to my own side of things, I put a few posts up and then I always find like a Friday is the day that I want to sort of, I've got a lot of stuff to do on a Friday usually because I'm trying to get things out the door. But at the same time, I've always got music on in the background here because I've been working at home for the last 18 months pretty much. And I started to get, get to the point where I was thinking, well, what else can I listen to? So I think I put up a post just saying like, here's, here's my tune for today. Any suggestions for songs I can listen to? Yeah. Fire them yeah. on. And then it just took off. And now it's, it's become habit, which is, which is good. It's uh, every Friday morning, I'll go on and do the post. And that's something that I, I do try and take into my networking now. It's, you know, it's, everything has to be habit. Because if I don't do it, I'll, I'll stop doing it. I don't do it regularly. And Andrew and the, the A10 group that I attend help with that because it's, it's a regular thing. And you keep on top of it and keep, keep catching up with the people in the group. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, you know, it's one of these things that's inadvertently taught you a couple of online networking lessons, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it has. Yeah, it's a simple thing, really. Andrew, Andrew says it all the time. It's a simple thing. You've got, to, you've got to keep on top of it, and you just have to keep doing what you're doing. Um, the moment you stop doing it is the moment that you find something else to fill that gap, and then you forget, and you don't go back to it. You know, your, your online presence drops, and it's the same with face-to-face networking. You know, mm. if you're, you've got to show up. If you, if you book it, if you book an event, then you've got to show up and go. Don't send somebody else and don't pull out at the last minute because if you do it once or twice, then it becomes a bad habit and then all of a sudden you're, you're not there. Yeah, but, you know, in, in terms of an icebreaker now, you, you walk into a room and I see, I'm going to say, oh, you're Mark, you're the guy that started the music um, post. And you're, there you go, you're off. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's instantly relatable and everyone's going to go, yeah, I've, I've uh, picked a Friday. So it's just it's just one of those nice little things. And you're, you're kind of known for that and, and not for potentially being, you know, oh, yeah, you're an accountant, right? Okay, good. Do you enjoy yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I have, I have <laughs> had that. We've, we, we've had a... Uh, an online sort of networking event with work. It's what was called. The uh, and I've been on there as a, a host for some of the breakout rooms. And twice someone's went, oh, you're, you're Mark. You've got the music post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does help. It does yeah. help break the ice a little bit. It's, it's a nice conversation starter too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this isn't necessarily a networking related question as such. More one sort of connected to the pandemic, which has affected all businesses everywhere to a degree. How did it affect tennis and log I mean, Is it something you adapted to relatively quickly? Have you made business alterations as a result of the pandemic in terms of future business practice? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the pandemic was a huge impact on every on every business. Um, I think at the very outset, we, no one really knew how they were going to be affected. I mean, to start with, when we were told you're going to work from home, it was, for, it was supposed to be for three weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm still working from the house now. Um, we were lucky in that we'd actually gone through a process not long beforehand where we'd moved from paper files to paperless, like cloud-based systems. So apart from, you know, getting an extra screen and, and making sure I had a half-decent chair, you know, I had the, the kit at the house. Um, so I'm set up with a, a laptop, a screen, mouse, keyboard, and all that kind of stuff. And I can do pretty much most of my job from, from the house. Um, but we were still impacted as a firm. You know, there were still some people who were put on furlough to start with just until we knew exactly what was happening. Um, but we also were really, really busy with other stuff that we don't normally have because people, clients were phoning us and asking us about grants and the furlough scheme and various other bits and pieces just as quick as the, the government releasing information. So um, we were trying to help all the clients through that, but at the same time going through this, the same process ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. 
but it, it's it's brought us closer together as a firm because we're once upon a time where I might have just worked on my own clients in Aberdeen. You know, we're now one online team effectively. Whether whether there are some people working in the office or not, we're all accessible. So there's people in Dundee office that might work on my jobs and vice versa. Um, I think there was one week I was reviewing a job that was done in Dundee, but it was an Edinburgh job. You know, it's it's, it's made a huge difference to our working patch. It's um, it's made us more efficient. Um, it's just I, I think the the whole pandemic period's just been really really manic for for most client services firms. Uh, I think most accountants, if, if they held their hand up just now, would say, yeah, this, we've not really had a, a quiet spell um, for the last 18 months. It's just been, uh, some, at times you think you're maybe firefighting a little bit, but we're always on top of it um, and just making sure that everything still goes in. But it's it's been hard for 18 months, but it's it's been good as well. Well, you're talking about your, yeah, you're that cohesive online team. You also mentioned earlier about uh, hosting an online networking event. What about the, the in-person networking that's coming back now? Have you have you missed that? Have you had a chance to get back into it yet? I have not really got back into it. The eight, our ATM group has been back every alternate meeting as face-to-face, and that's why I've been I've been attending in terms of face-to-face events. Partly because because I stay out in the shire, and a lot of the networking events that are starting to back up are, are back in in town. It's then trying to weigh up whether or not it's, it's I can afford to, to drive in have the event drive out and lose like that chunk of my day when it's when it's we're coming into that sort of busy pre-Christmas pre-tax return time but at the same time I think there's there's definitely a place for face-to-face networking I, I love I love Zoom and Teams for catching up with people but I think if you're going to meet someone for the first time and really try and get to know it I think there's no substitute for face-to-face to be honest um, I, I, I do look forward to getting back to those kind of events it's all going so well. And then it took a downer when he said tax returns, Andrew. It's that time of year. Edit it out, John. It's fine. When you are networking, Mark, do, do you have targets that you attach to your spend? I mean, do you have goals that you set for yourself? And, and do you st- you mentioned that you touched on that a little bit earlier. Do you prepare for events in any special way? In terms of the budgets and the spend and things, then then yes, we have we have like a, a marketing budget and, and part of that's allocated to networking and, and various things. So, we always have to justify what we're what we're looking to spend. I think it's a good thing because it makes it measurable after that. So, for instance, I knew what the membership fee was for a particular networking organisation per year, and then I could track from those meetings what I got back out of it in terms of client fees. So you could always see that it was it was worth you know the, the worth the initial cost, and then if at any point it, it becomes Know, stagnant and it's no longer worth that initial cost then maybe it's it's better to go and look at some other form of networking event but i think for, for us it's always just about balancing the, the the risk and the reward i suppose in terms of preparing for events yeah i mean i because because i was so nervous at going to all these things from the very outset i, I don't think i could turn up without some form of preparation uh, i would just be not just outside my comfort zone, I'd be like miles outside my comfort zone if I didn't have some sort of prep. Even, even the ones where you went every week and you did the, the 60 second pitch, I would probably had notes or something I'd printed out the night before so I could, I'd have something in front of me just so it was there. But that's just me. Uh, <laughs> there's plenty of people who could quite happily stand up and wing it for 60 seconds, but I just like to be semi-prepared. Keeping you, yeah, keeping you in that time, if, if you look back to when you were a networking newbie, what would you tell yourself now preparing to go into that room or 
perhaps because you have you know these years of network under your belt. What's the best bit of advice you give to anyone either starting out networking or getting back into it after a layoff of 18, 19 months? I think if I was going back to give myself any advice at the start, it would be simply just be yourself. You know your stuff. Um because the half the time that was that was the, the nervous part was, you know, well, will I be able to explain what I actually do? Um with you know, <laughs> get it get it across in such a way um that, that works for someone who's an, who's a non-accountant and things. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I knew my stuff. Um I should have just been a bit more confident in myself, I think, and that would have sped up my networking journey a little bit. Um in terms of advice for anyone that's just starting out, just do it, to be honest. Um you know, you'll you'll never get it wrong if you never go, but you'll you'll never start your journey if you never if you never actually attend an event either. So just just go. I mean, it's a it's networking's a bit like a, an art form. I'll never be fantastic at it, but I, there's no point in stopping. I'll just keep trying and, and tweaking it and getting better. Uh, and that's that's the aim. I'll give you an option on this one, Mark, because your answer might come from uh, from personal experience. And if it does, then you're happy enough to share it. That's that's great, but you don't have to. Sort of the polar opposite of Andrew's previous question. If Andrew's looking for that that bit of advice that you give to someone for networking, I'm looking for that one thing you'd absolutely stress to avoid uh, doing at a networking event. You know, under no circumstances do this. What would this be? Don't don't try the hard sell. You know, it's 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 a networking event. People people buy from people. Um, that they they know like trust you know you're not going to you're not going to turn up to a networking event with 50 people who've never met you before and walk away with 50 sales you might not even walk away with one it's it's a networking event is just a way of increasing your contact sphere hopefully the people that that you meet there like you maybe they've got contacts that might require your services you know treat it as a, a you know a door opening rather than rather than an actual sales event I think a hard sell is the worst thing you could possibly do at a networking event. Okay. Finally, you've talked about your, um, you're never going to be perfect at networking. No one is. It's an art form. If we keep trying and keep reflecting on it, then we can, can keep getting better, enjoy it more, make it more effective. How do you feel you could improve your networking skills from now on? I think, yeah, I think when I go back to, to the face-to-face ones especially, it's going to be like taking a step back. Um, because we've not, we're all sort of out of practice. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to going back a step, if you like, and getting a, a second chance at that kind of that level that I was at before. Uh, and for me, it's more just making making sure I have the time in my diary for it, like making the time slots available so that I keep doing it uh, and not letting other things get in the way. Because at the end of the day, if, if I don't do the, if I don't do the client facing role, uh, sorry the the networking facing role, you know, I'm not going to progress with my business. And that is episode seven in season two of Cows Not Cow, how to make your networking really work. The herd is heard. Our aim is to help you on your networking journey through showcasing the journeys of others, maybe similar to your own. We'll highlight people at various stages on that networking process, like Mark, and every single one of them has value to share with you. Next time, we meet Stephen Smith of AppSure. In the meantime, if you want to catch up with any of our podcasts so far, from season one or season two, make sure you follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out there everywhere. And please feel free to rate and review our podcast too. If you'd like to find out more about Andrew, the 
art of networking or the networking scene in Aberdeen in Scotland, check out abnworks.co.uk for some more networking blog tips. That's abnworks.co.uk. And you'll find Andrew on LinkedIn as well, where he's always happy to make new connections and chat about people's networking questions, experiences and challenges. Search Andrew Smith from Aberdeen Business Network on LinkedIn. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening.